Hello again. Happy Thursday. May the 4th be with you. Happy National Star Wars Day to everyone celebrating out there. Here we'll get some cool news. Uh, yes, I continue to be such a Star Wars nerd. I just, you know, just look at my bookshelf to, for those that watch on YouTube, look at my bookshelf to the right. It is virtually all Star Wars books. Most of them I have read. But of course, this is a Pittsburgh Penguin show. For today's episode, we're going to continue our season reviews uh, with Jeff Carter and yeah, I think you all know where that's going, but maybe there'll be a surprise or two in there. We'll also get into players who I think could bounce back. You know, I know just looking at some bounce back candidates for next season, how many of the Penguins have, plus a potential goaltending option if this player um, is cleared to play next season. Right now, it's a little bit murky, but it could be an option um, for a team that is currently playing um, right now. So, all that plus so much more coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LOS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for, make, for making this your first listen of the day. We're being available on all platforms. So let's jump right into it. Our second bottom six players to get a season review for this past season is everyone's favorite, you know, just whooping bag. You know, whatever, you know, word, whatever words you want to use to describe. Jeff Carter, because yes, whipping, whipping bag, whipping boy, I should say. It's just screwing that up. That was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff Carter doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that he did struggle this season, but did have 13 goals, 29.79 games. Um, that's still a little bit stepped down from where he was last year when he had 19 goals and 45 points in 76, 76 games. I don't usually like looking at plus minus. I think it's a very flawed stat. You can look at a whole bunch of other stats um, before you get to plus minus, but he was a minus 16 this year. That is horrendous. That is his lowest plus minus year since 2019-20 when he was at minus 21. Again, very low hanging fruit stat to use, but I thought it was relevant to put out there because you know I'm not surprised that he was a minus 16 considering that Mike Sullivan really screwed him over with some deployment. I think he maybe have a little bit of a better season um, if it weren't for Sullivan, thinking that he's a prime Patrice Bergeron over here still. Um, but you know the county stands. You know for a third, you know for a fourth line center, thirteen goals, thirty points. That's fine. But they were using him as a third line center. I'm sorry, thirteen goals, thirty points. That is not good enough for me um, as a third line center. It's just it's it's not. And his underlings this season played in 79 games, um, 833 minutes of ice time. When he was on the ice, the Penguins only had 47% of the shot attempts, um, a little higher than it was last year. Well, it was 47.0%. This year it's 47.4%, so kind of the same. Uh, but this has been a downward trajectory for the last couple of years. Um, in 2020, 2021 with the Penguins, he had 53% of the shot attempts. But after that, 49%, 47%, and 47% for this year. Um, 24 goals for on the ice, 41 goals against for 36.9% of the actual goals for. The expected goal share when Carter was on the ice, the Penguins only had 49% of that. Scoring chance-wise, the Penguins only had 48% of those. High danger chances, 46.8% of those. And then 13 high danger goals for, 26 high danger goals against. That is pathetic. 
And then he only shot 5.7% this season. So yeah, the, the underlyings, um, they match the eye test with how brutal he was. And again, I will say this, a good chunk of it is his fault, but I also do put a little bit of blame on Mike Sullivan for still thinking that he is a prime defensive player. I don't know if Sullivan was trying to just stick it to Ron Hext all the time by just giving a nice F you to him. Like, oh, you're going to give me, me this contract. Oh, I'm just going to put him out there in high leverage situations. But it was very weird to see him out there in every high leverage situation, especially down the stretch when they were defending leads. For example, you know, that game against the Islanders, they blew that two-goal lead with less than six minutes left. He's out there kill, He's out there trying to ice the game. Don't know why. It all honestly all started earlier in the season. That first a blown lead against Montreal. Remember, they were up 2-0 going into the third period. Half score early, make it 2-1. But, you know, you get down to the nitty-gritty. Less than a few, less than three minutes left, they pull the goalie. You know, Carter's out there in no man's land, and the, and the Habs tie it up thanks to uh, Cole Caulfield when he was healthy. Don't know what he's doing there. You know, you have the game against the Blues, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> late in this season, remember, where the Blues had just tied the game. The Penguins have been winning the whole time. Jordan Bennington was standing on his head. And in the final minute of regulation, Carter's out there for some reason. It's like, what are we doing here? So I'm not blaming him for that. I'm also not blaming him for signing that contract. If you are in your late 30s and you get offered that kind of deal for two years and you're making over $3 million, Hell yeah, I'm gonna take that contract. <laughs> like <clears throat> you'd be a fool not to, people. Come on. <clears throat> so again, it's on Ron Hextall for him giving him that contract in the first place. He was the first player that was signed during that very important offseason last year. Can you believe that still? Can you believe that? Just crazy to me. It's it's absolutely nuts. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, his play on the ice this season. His defensive metric stunk offensively. I mean, sure, he had 13 goals, but you know, a couple of those really came towards the late stages of the season. I will say his play did improve a little bit down the stretch as we got closer to the playoffs, even though the Penguins didn't make it. Um, I think if he can play like that and actually score a little bit more next season, you know, that deal is not going to be as bad. Obviously, in a perfect world, he's not on the team next year, but we don't live in that situation. You know, it's you know, it's 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 useless to talk about him. Um, not being on the team next season because he is going to be on the team next season unless you can convince him to somehow waive that no trade clause, no move clause. <clears throat> That's not going to happen though. So he's going to be here and he's probably going to play this last final year of the Penguins before um, he walks off into the sunset, probably retires, to be honest. But um, in terms of a role for next season, assuming he is on the team again, probably will be. You probably need to have him on the fourth line. Uh, he can't be your third line center. That's that's another thing I'm looking forward to for this offseason with the new uh, front office coming in. They need to go out and get a new third line center for this team. <clears throat> I haven't touched on that enough because I've been focusing on the goaltending and um, getting a number a, a new number one, number two left-handed defenseman to play with Latang or Petrie. But they need to go out there and get a new third line center. The, the answer to that position on the roster right now, for for the roster, excuse me, the answer to that position is not on the roster, the current roster. It's not down the minors. It is on another team. Or it's going to be a free agent. That's just the reality of the situation. I'm sorry. Carter, his numbers were terrible this season. They got a little bit better when you put him on the fourth line. You have to shelter him. That's the only way this is going to work for next season is if he is sheltered on the fourth line and maybe play some minutes with, I don't know, Drew Connor. Maybe you get him away from him. I don't know. Whoever you put with Carter, it's going to be tough. But 
you know, he can still provide, I guess, a little bit of value on faceoffs. I don't really buy into that that much, though. Um, gives you maybe a little bit more value on the PK. And eh, I'd still choose a whole bunch of other players over him, though. Uh, but, you know, he needs to be playing not many minutes a night. You know, if I had it my way, obviously he wouldn't be on the team next season, but we don't live in that reality. He's going to be on the team. He needs to be the fourth line. He needs to be the fourth line center or whatever. But the team needs a third line center. He's he's not the answer to that. And in terms of production, I'm looking forward to next season. If he can have that kind of production for a fourth line role, I think I'm mainly uh, – I'm not – I guess – how do I want to say it? I guess I'm more okay with it if he's getting shelter minutes and he still provides almost 15 goals and 30, 35 points. That's not terrible for a fourth line player. But in terms of what they're paying him to be on the third line, you know, that's not good enough. But I still want to see, you know, if, again, I, I want to see him have that kind of production, if not a little bit better for next season. You know, it's, it's going to be hard for him to bounce back, I guess, in a way because he just, he looks cooked. But you know, four fine roles I'm looking at for him next season. But he was dreadful this this year. Didn't really do much of anything. It was very weird how the coaching staff would always defend him after every turn. Maybe with a new front office coming in, the answers will be a little bit different. But, you know, who knows? But you know, that's my season review in terms of Jeff Carter. Let me know what you all expect him for next season. Do you think he can put up the same sort of production? Would you have him on the fourth line role? Do you also think this team – needs a new third line center and that they cannot play him in that role. Let me know down in the comments. You can also send me a DM on social media um, and all of that. So that wraps up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into players who I feel like could have bounce back seasons next year. There's not many of them, but there's a couple of them that I do think could um, have it just based on how they played this season. But before we get into that, if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You have to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't even think they're good for you. You have to try this. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream i'm not sure how bill does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy they only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't need to wait to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club while you can get your specialty flavors still at built.com and that's right go to walmart or sam's club go get batter puff Churro puff, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. You can thank me later when it comes to that. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Elorso Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first lesson of the day. So <clears throat> this might be a little bit short in terms of players who I think could bounce back for next season. You know, it's just when you look at the top six for this team, you know, I think everyone performed at the level you would expect them to. I mean, maybe Ricard Raquel, 30 goals. Maybe some people didn't see that coming. Jason Zucker, some people didn't see that coming. Still 25, 30 goals. Sitting Gino played 82 games. Brian Rust, you know, I guess we can start there. I already talked touched on his season review. If he can bounce back a little bit at five on five next season and on the power play and up his shooting percentage, I think that would be huge for this team. But 
overall, the Tom Stage doesn't really have much to you know think about when it comes to bouncing back. Um, a player who I do, and we'll get to his season review a little later on in the offseason, that I do think could bounce back is Jeff Petrie. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, you know, to see that you know he underwhelmed this season. It was it was not the prettiest, um, to say the least. Uh you know, his, his underlyings this year, eh, to, to, to say the least, five goals, 31 points, 61 games, counting stats-wise, underlyings, <clears throat> again. So, so when he was on that Penguins, he'd have 51% of the shot attempts. But I I was still very high on the trade when, it, when he came over for Matheson. I thought that he was going to provide a really nice one-two punch for the Penguins on the right side of their defense. I was wrong. I don't think he was bad per se. I just thought he was very underwhelming. And sure, was he a bit banged up at times? Yes, but even when he was healthy for a good stretch for a good stretch of the season, he didn't really wow me. I think that's partly because he's on the wrong side of thirty. <clears throat> this is partly this is usually when the play for defensemen starts to go down the hill a little bit. He just didn't really do much of anything for this season. I expected him to contribute a bit more offensively and especially defensively. He didn't do either one, but no, he's still, he's under contract the next several years, like 6.25 million. That's tough. I mean, I don't expect him to go anywhere. You know, you could potentially have him on the trade market, but I think you're going to have to pay draft picks to see him walk away, but then you have to decide who to replace him with, because I don't want young Ruta taking second pairing minutes. I think that would be a little ludicrous on the Penguins part to expect him to just take those minutes. And then who's, who's behind Jan Ruta. Assuming he he's on the team, Mark Freeman, <clears throat> Mark, I know uh, who, who else is down there in Wilkesbury and stuff. Chad Weedle, you know he, he can play on the right side as well. Um, but I don't know, man, <laughs> and not not the greatest. So I expect him to be on the team next season. But you know he is a bounce back candidate. I just don't know how much you can expect at this point. You know during his career, already touched on Carter. You know, if he can have a similar type season, maybe add a little bit more offense for next year, that'd be awesome. But he's almost 40 now. You know, how much do you truly expect um, him to play better for next season? You know, I I think that's, you know, my my biggest thing when it comes to that. Um, You know, if you want to put this player on it, this, this might be a little, you know, how was it? Now, I guess if you, in a way, if you want to put Chris Letang, that's fair too because he his season was a little bit up and down. I still think he had a pretty good season overall, but with a full healthy, fully healthy off season, I think he could really show off next season. Even though he's getting a little bit older, you know, he's hopefully not dealing with you know <clears throat> a lot of stuff off the ice with you know another stroke or some another family member passing away. He just really went through the ringer this season, and I felt horrible. I just never thought he he just got his you know, his feet off the ground. And you can see that again, still had a pretty good season, but not the season that maybe I and a lot of other people envisioned that he would have. Other than that, there's really not too many other bounce back candidates on this team. People may, if, if Mikhail Granlin's on the team, people will say him, I am sorry. I don't really think you can bounce back after having one goal in 21 games for your team. It's just, <clears throat> that's no. And, I, and honestly, he shouldn't even be on the team because, again, when we get to a season review, he had one garbage time goal in 21 games. He can't really play defensively. He can't shoot, can't shoot well enough. 
his passing is the only good part of his game, but even I don't really didn't really notice that during his time here in Pittsburgh. Um, they should be trying to save that cap space whenever a new GM is hired. So, you know, I, I'm not really looking at towards that. So, you know, when you, when it really comes down to it, there's not too many bounce back candidates, but you know, there are still a couple. You know, when it comes to Brian Ross, Chris Letang, and Jeff Carter, if you even want to consider him in there, uh, <clears throat> if they do bring back Tristan Jari, you can throw him into there as well. But do you really expect him to be back at this point? I think I would rather just move on and try to get someone via the trade market. But if he does come back, I think it's going to be a short-term deal. Um, <clears throat> you know, outside of that, you know, I'm looking at the defense. I mean, maybe Chad Riedel. I think you could add him to the mix. Casey DeSmith, though his numbers this season, they were kind of on par with where he was last season, the year before. But in terms of DeSmith, I just want to see him be more consistent next season just because, you know, when I was talking about it with Danny Shirey um, earlier this week, you know, he has so many of these starts where he's so good and looks like nothing's going to get past him. And then he'll have another start where it's like, what the hell was that? So I just want to see a little more consistency from him for next season. I guess if you want to call that bouncing back, that's your chatter Riedel. I thought he was not nearly as good this season as he was last year. His underlings kind of went down a little bit. His accounting stats are going to be what they are every year. He's not going to put up too many um, points, but still I thought his defense, his play away from the puck was not good. He was taking too many penalties um, in the late stages of the games that were costing the Penguins points in the standings. I do think, especially because, you know, the Penguins, they're not going to stay healthy next season they they almost never do you know considering that he's probably going to be on the team obviously he's under contract um i would think you know he is in line for a bounce back as well as like the number seven or number eight defenseman on this team so those are just my bounce back candidates for next season um let me know what you all think you know do you think anyone else should be on this list do you agree with mine you know, do you do you think that some of these players will not be bouncing back next year? Let me know in the comments. Send me DMs um, as well. But I figure this will be like a cool little segment to to discuss. You know, who I think could be um, potentially on the list to bounce back next season after some really rough 2022-2023 campaigns. Um, and you know, wanted to discuss it. It's it's a fun one to discuss just because you know there are a lot of players that play well this season, but there are also a good chunk that I think this team will need more of next season, especially if. Um, these players are on the team. So that will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins. Uh, not this episode, this segment of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up to end the show, we're going to get into a goalie option that a listener actually sent um, in this morning and why he could make sense if he is allowed um, to play uh, next season. It's not, you know, he didn't really, you know, do anything wrong, but, you know, he is right now, he is in the um, player's assistant program. He's on a personal leave from his team. So uh, that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember, follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, Elder Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We're free and available on all platforms. So um, a, a, a listener sent me this in this morning and talked about a goaltender option for next season. And it's a bit murky right now, obviously, just because he's not really playing. But he sent me Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers. Um, this came out a couple months ago. But this was back in February, so a little over two months ago, uh, when Spencer Knight, he is in the um, play, NHL, NHLPA's player assistance program. He's taking a leave of absence from the team. 
Um, and as the description says, it's available to all players and their families. It aids those who are going through mental health, substance abuse, or other issues. And there's, you know, he's not believed to be dealing with drug or alcohol related issues. So this could, I know I'm not trying to speculate anything. It could be mental health. You know, I don't really know what he's going through right now. Um, you know, he's going to be, he's continuing to get paid while receiving treatment. He's going to return to the club when clear for on-ice competition by the program administrator. So this is similar to what Jacob Verona went through. Remember when he was in Detroit, they reassigned him to their quarantine. They put him on waivers. Um, he eventually came out of the player's assistant program and he was traded uh, by Detroit to the St. Louis Blues. And he ended up playing really well. And, you know, I'm happy for him because he's always been a really good talent when he's on the ice. It was, you know, really sad, to, you know, just unfortunate to see a great talent, you know, not playing. But, you know, he got the care that he needed. And I think right now he showed, you know, he, he showed during that the late, the late stages in the Blues that, you know, he can still very much play. And I think the same can be said um, for um, Spencer Knight. You know, this this quote came from Florida Hockey Now when, when he came in and um, Jordan Newman. Um, so this was Knight's agent. He said, we're all concerned about Spencer's well-being. The organization has been outstanding and cooperative every step of the way. We're looking forward to him returning to play in the, the near future. So I'm just hoping everything is okay. And assuming that he is fine and that he gets cleared to return from the player's assistance program, I think he could be an option uh, to you no know, trade for. Because, you know, look at the, the Panthers' goaltending options. Um, Sergey Borovsky, he's not going away with that contract. They have Alex Lyon, who really came up out of nowhere this season. I think he's a he's shown that he can be at least a perfectly fine, adequate backup. And honestly, Knight's numbers, you know, they're not too terrible um when he's when he's playing. You know, he played 21 games this season, nine, eight, and one record. Um, nine oh one save percentage, 3.18 goals against average. But before that, um, you know, when he made his debut in 2020, 2021, only played four games. 919 save percentage last year, played 32 games. 908 save percentage, 2.79 goals against average. Um, he only has 57 games to his name. 49 starts, 32 and 17 and 6 with a 906 save percentage. So he is above league average. I think you would need to see what he can do um, in a full season. I believe his cap hit is, I believe it's around a little over four million. I can actually double check that. Real quickly here for the Panthers, um, if I can um, make sure I get this here. Um, I, he he is he is under contract for next season. If I can just find this here, um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be up to four point five starting next season for the next three years. Um, that would be a big commitment for the Penguins to make, especially if he is clear to come out of the Players Assistance Program. Um, it's an option. I don't know how good of one it is because again, he, there's only fifty seven um, games to his name. And it's a big cap hit. You know, you'll be committing a decent amount of money, but it's still potentially a decent option on the trade market if you don't want to bring Bragg back Tristan Jari. But again, it all this all you know determines you know, determines this all hedges on the fact that he is going to be cleared to come out of the player assistance program. Because again, I, I hope everything is okay. I don't know what's wrong. He's receiving care. You know, assuming you know that he does get cleared and it's nothing like brutally bad or anything that he's never going to play again and stuff. You know, he's definitely an option. I think the Penguins in this new management staff, they could look at, to say the least. Um, again, numbers aren't bad. You know, contract's the only thing that, you know, that's maybe giving me a little bit pause because three more years, $4.5 for someone who's only played 57 games. That's a little risky, if you ask me. But, you know, it's also risky to bring back Tristan Jari, considering that he can't stay healthy, even if it's on, you know, a one- or two-year deal. 
Um, and even, even if you bring back Tristan, you probably can't bring back to Smith because you just you can't run that team then back, you know, for a fourth straight season. So I wanted to put another goalie out, option out there again, assuming that he is allowed to play next season and that he um, has been receiving care and that he feels good enough to come out of this program and be bound to play now. Because you know, again, his well-being is the, the utmost importance right now, and I really do hope that he is okay. Just like how I was really rooting for Jacob Rana when he entered. Um, and I'll root for anyone that enters that the player's assistance program. But uh, let me know what you all think about that as a goaltender option. If he is um, clear to come out of it, do you think he would be a good goalie for the Penguins um, for the next few years? Do you, are you concerned about his contract if he gets clear to come out? Let me know what you all think down in the comments. And um, you also send me DMs and all that. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening slash watching. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Friday on Cinco de Mayo. To wrap up this week, we'll continue doing everyday episodes through the first uh, week or two of July. I know it's it's a quiet time. That does not mean there's you know nothing to talk about. There's always stuff to discuss when it comes to this wonderful um, ice hockey franchise we have in the Steel City. But again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. Really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Friday. I'll talk to you all then.